November 1st, uh, the first day of November, and the penultimate month of this year. Uh, Also, it's uh, the night of Game 7 of the World Series, which is happening right now. Our own uh, LA Dodgers are in it. Losing badly right now, but... Well, uh, no, they're, they're only a Grand Slam away from tying this <laughs> Only a Grand Slam. Yes, I have to specifically yes, word it that way. Only a Grand Slam. Uh, so yeah, Media Podcast is your source for uh, not just sports. We do occasionally talk about sports here. But for movie, uh, movie news, uh, for television, for music, and for video games. Not necessarily in that order, though it probably will be uh, this week. Um... So yeah, let's get rolling right into it. The first thing we usually start with is, of course, your weekend box office numbers. Now, uh, we didn't actually, um, doing the story today, we did not actually make a prediction. I realized that. But if we did, we would have gotten it right. Because we would have easily picked Jigsaw as your number one movie. Right, as that was the horror movie coming out the weekend of Halloween. Yes, as a tradition is for those Saw-related movies. Well, it was a tradition. You know, they, they actually ended in 2000. 10. Yeah. But because it being a franchise for Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures, they had to bring it back. It's a spinoff, technically. It does involve the main character, or I guess the villain of the Saw franchise. It's both a spinoff and it's a uh, revival for the franchise. Or yeah. A, a partial re- reboot, yeah. Essentially. So yeah, that, that debuted to 16 million cold ones. Yep. Uh, that made it number one with $16 million. Not bad. On a $10 million budget, so you know, horror movies cheap to make. Oh, well, yeah, no. That yes. was easily easy to call. Yeah. But that was uh, then everything just dropped from there for your box and office. And everything else moved down or not? Yep. Uh, Badea Halloween yep. Uh, 2, Boo 2 Boo was two. Uh, number 2 with $10 million. Yeah. Geostorm with $5.9 million. Uh-huh. Happy Death Day with 5. Yeah. And then Blade Runner 2049 running out your top 5 with $4 million. So note, there are three horror movies or horror adjacent movies, to be fair to Badea here. Uh, in the top five. Well, uh, four. I guess, yeah. If I want to count Geostar as just a horrible, horrible uh, movie? Not really, because that's more of a natural disaster movie, which is kind of its own genre. Well, the movie itself is a natural disaster. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But yeah, it's interesting <laughs> to see such a confluence of seasonal movies uh, during this time of year. Well, it is the end of uh, October. Yeah. And it's the end of the what uh, what a lot of people refer to as the kind of the, the, the lesser of the movie seasons. We're getting into uh, fall, which means prestige films. You're going to see your Oscar bait uh, coming. Are, Fast and Furious, pretty. Are pretty, you saying that these horror movies are the lesser of two evils? I'm saying that they're catering <laughs> to a different audience. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so yeah, um, that's your uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, next week, what do we got? Next week, there's only one movie okay. coming out because everyone's getting out Everybody of the way. Everybody got out of the way of this thing because it's the big one. Yep. It is the God of Thunder himself coming down to smite the box office. Yeah. Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok uh, which I saw an ad today that referenced it as, quote, the best reviewed Marvel movie ever, unquote. How is that already true? Um, because it has not premiered in the U.S. Uh-huh. So, it's got a bunch of international reviews? Yes. Internationally, it has sure. already come out this past weekend. Yeah. It's already made $100 million. So, yeah. Easily. So, yeah. Uh, look forward to seeing that make a big dent. I don't know. How big? How big are we talking? Well, I think this thing doesn't hit 100 opening weekend. It might be considered a disappointment. So, do you want to do the over-under just at 100? 
Do you think it's going to go under 100? I don't think it will. So, you're, okay, maybe 120? Um, set, us, set our their sights on 120 here? Want to set it a little bit high like that? I yeah. mean, if we can't do 100, 120 makes sense. All right. I'd rather 120. do 110. No, nah, let's go with 120. Okay. Are you over under? I'll go... I feel like under. Okay. All I, right. feel, I feel like 120 is just a, just a little bit too high I'll for that. take it. I'll take that. All right. So we'll see um, how Thor does. I think that uh, I think that the, the it's been a little bit. That's my my gut feeling is that I think this is the good ti- this is good timing for one of these. Well, here we go. The last Marvel movie was um, Spider Man Homecoming, right? And it was also technically the last superhero movie too. So it's been a while it since we've had it. Yeah, and this thing is coming out in front of Justice League. Yeah, which will definitely hurt that box office if. Um, eh. If it hadn't already? Yeah, eventually. Oh, but yeah, so uh, we'll see how that turns out next week. Um, yeah. but uh, any other brief things we're talking about? Talk about uh, uh, Jigsaw. Numbers? Well, I just see Jigsaw. Oh, yeah, do you want to go right into talking about Jigsaw? Sure. So, uh, okay, what's up with Jigsaw? So, if you like Saw, you're going to like Jigsaw. That was the most softball pitch down the middle that you could have even taken there. And yet, it was still a swing and a miss. <laughs> Thank you, the Dodgers. Now tell me, uh, tell me uh, uh, what you actually think about Jigsaw. What you thought about it? Okay, so first of all, do you do you like Saw? Like as a franchise? As a franchise? Did you like those movies? I actually did. Okay. I enjoyed them because they kept by like, bringing the lore out and stretching it. Sure. But then, as the as it got into like episode five and six and seven, they started like. Okay. It started getting like too convoluted for itself. Sure. And so they had to like start killing off a bunch of characters or start trying to streamline this thing. But then at the very end, they do something like the very last twist of the original uh, of Saw 7, Saw 3D. Yeah. Was like so out of left field that it makes you go, What? Huh? <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. So when this movie came <laughs> out. And, you know, it started touting that Tobin Bell was returning as Jigsaw. and But the premise was that the Jigsaw killer hadn't been around for ten years. Yeah. This was the first killings for it. I started thinking, like, okay. So they'll have, like, a, so someone's either, like, a Jigsaw copycat or Jigsaw, you know, like. Somebody's Lord. picked up the torch. Yeah. Essentially. Right. You say your song's picking up the torch. You know, yeah. it's been 10 years without any killings and they just started right now. So let's go for it. Yeah. 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 Let's get some kills. Right. Let's kill some people. So that's where the movie, <laughs> that's the basis of this movie is that the Jigsaw games have picked up again. Don't actually kill people. Well, yes, don't. I shouldn't have to tell you that. Right. Uh, so <laughs> the games have basically picked up again and so now the new detectives are trying to figure out who's the new Jigsaw killer who's right. mimicking this game. But without going into too much spoilers, um, one, people die. <laughs> two. No. Two, just like previous Saw movies, this uh-huh. movie is nonlinear. Okay. And three, the twist makes you go, what? No. <laughs> no, I don't get it. But if that's true, then he messed up because that can't be true because Jigsaw was never a true killer. <laughs> The copycat was, 
So that's not what Jigsaw would have wanted, even if he may or may not be an heir, a parent, or a copycat. Like, he's not living up to the true Jigsaw rules. So the thing basically falls apart at the end when you start thinking about it too much. Yeah. Which is, like, basically the right amount you should think Part about course, it. yeah. And the movie does eventually, like, fall flat on its face because you figure, well, it's been ten years. Why did it take you so long to, to do something? Like, why <laughs> now? There is no why now uh, scenario. It doesn't answer that question. No. It's just... It's just uh, we need an just, excuse to do this movie. It's just... It's been ten years, so the killer's like, okay, I think enough time has passed to where I can do this again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the logic is not... doesn't seem like the reason why you'd come to a movie. No, it's definitely not strong suit. No. <laughs> that being said, uh, the deaths are pretty cool, if you're into that kind of stuff. Sure. So which, that, which I is, feel like people who are going to see this thing are probably into that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like a solid uh, Halloween flick. Uh, yep. So, I mean, if you're listening to this now, it might be a little late uh, for that kind for of Halloween. thing. For Halloween. That entertainment was probably best yesterday. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, catch that if that's still something that you're into. So uh, would how do you rank this on our pan- patented media vote? See it, stream it, pass. Well, the thing has... Halloween has passed. Then it's a pass by default. Well, yes. Or it's, it's a stream it's a by stream. default. Because you know whether you want to see this, is I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know if you want to see some torture porn I, or not. I hate, I hate to say that because it's such a cop-out of being actually, like, doing actual criticism. But in this case, it's apt because oh, yes. there are so many people who don't need to see us off. Oh, no. Like, they, they know that this is not... This thing. is definitely not not for my everybody. thing either. No, I, um, I, I there are some pretty movies. interesting and cool deaths. Sure, but like if you go for this for the plot, <laughs> you're gonna be severely disappointed. No. Yeah, not just no go here. go go for it for ooh, how's this person gonna die? Ooh, how's this person gonna die? It's like a Final Destination movies, a little bit, yeah, kind of the same spirit. So yeah, uh, there you go. So this is uh, stream it if you want it. Yeah, you know, you know yeah. if you want this. Yeah, in your life. Yes, apparently uh, 16 million knew they wanted it. 16 million dollars worth of people. Yes, yeah, 16 not 16 million million people. <laughs> no. Unless they were doing dollar movie days, I don't think hey. that's possible. Dollar movie days, sign right. me up. Okay, let's move into the world of movie news. Right, so we're going to start off with our first story here. That is Australia. That's Australian for Australia. Yes. Uh, so, this past year, ah. Australia has been quite the hub for movie business. Yes, They're specifically in film and TV production. Okay, Matt, yes. how much money has film and TV brought in? You know better than asking questions involving numbers. Yes, I'm bad at this. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, what was the question? So, <laughs> uh, with uh, what is the uh, film and TV projects uh-huh. totaling uh, income brought? Income. Brought yeah. from yeah, from, from, from foreign from foreign productions. Foreign productions in Australia. Yes. Let's go with uh, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Higher. Okay. Let's go with seven hundred million dollars. Actually higher. Let's go with one billion dollars. Yes. Okay. Australian government has brought in one billion dollars from the TV and film industry. Damn. This includes production from Thor Ragnarok yeah. and Aquaman. Okay, so... You know, two big tentpole productions. Are being uh, partially produced in Australia. Yes. Uh, as well as several TV and <laughs> film projects. Not just from the U.S., but uh, also around the world. Cool. Um, the foreign projects 
uh, yeah, foreign projects, basically everything outside of Australia, uh, spent a total of six hundred. Well, I'm sorry, four hundred and sixty-eight million dollars on productions from films okay. and post-digital effects uh, as well. Cool. Uh, the one billion is up actually from six hundred fifty-two million dollars from last year. Quite a jump. So congratulations, Australia. Yeah. Um, making we're ravaging your luscious wasteland. Is Australia the new Georgia? Kind of. Actually. Or is Australia the Georgia of movies? Australia is if the Georgia is the Georgia of television. Right, and the Bollywood is <laughs> the Hollywood of, of Wait, the no, world. I got it. Is Australia the new New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. There we go. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Cool. So congratulations, uh, Australia. We'll continue to give our money to you as long as you don't destroy the Barrier Reef. That works out. Moving uh, on. Deal. Okay. Moving on to Star Wars. Of course. Yes. So, in case you haven't been watching um, the World Series, why haven't you? Uh, <laughs> they've been showing some a couple of new Star Wars trailers. They sure have. Because why not? you got a massive audience right in front of you. Yeah, this is the time to advertise your crap. Um, as we've seen from all sorts of... Hey. Advertiser. The Last the Jedi first, is not crap. I first I saw the first TV spot for the iPhone X today. Oh, okay. During this game, you were uh, clearly you do not have this, uh, but I saw it. Clearly, you do not have YouTube a lot because I do they advertise no. over YouTube like uh, everywhere. I had not seen a TV spot for it. Okay, so, so that was my first. All right, um, yeah. So uh, the Last Jedi is actually going to get special treatment okay. from Disney, as Disney. Lays down the law for theaters regarding the upcoming film. All right. In one uh, headline I saw from Gizmodo, they said, Disney is altering the deal. Pray they did not alter it any further. (laughs) Because uh, normally when movies come out, studios get 55% of the profits. Yeah. That's not going to be the case with Star Wars. Okay. As Disney is making... uh, Disney will be making... Venues, aka theaters, commit to a set of top secret terms before they can screen the upcoming film. Okay. Disney will receive instead sixty five percent of ticket revenues for the film, Whoa. and that theaters are required to show the movie in their auditorium. I'm sorry, in their largest auditorium uh-huh. for at least four weeks. Okay, which I feel like would have happened anyways, so that might as well just be scrapped. You would think like. so. I feel like that is the movie. Right. I'm sure there's also a bunch of other caveats, like you can't screen it early, you can't screen it for your staff or your friends. Yeah. Like, no spoilers, obviously, stuff like that. This but seems weird. But here's the here's the payback. Like, okay. should a theater violate any of the conditions to the agreement, Disney can, can take an additional 5% of the cut totaling 70% of the total sales. Okay. Uh, since this will be a surefire hit, possibly hitting $500 million domestically, it's a, it's really unusual term set by Disney, but it's also like their biggest property that they have. So they feel like they can do what they, yeah. what they want to in order to protect. This just seems strange to me because they know this is going to be their moneymaker. Right. What... Is it? Did Summer scare them like into doing something like this? Did Summer freak them out? I think leaks just just leaks in terms of just in terms of like leaks and spoilers. That's not on the theaters though. I don't know why they're punishing the chains for nothing that they had control over. 
Right, but the theaters do get like the hard disks and the prints before, like yeah, a week before. But it's not the chains that are do- they're doing the leaking. It's the people. Right. I, I just I don't know why they are. I mean, yes, this almost guarantees Matt, that this will. It's be, a business. I know that, but what I'm saying is that I understand that this guarantees that this will be the big, biggest movie of the year. Right. But it was already going to be <laughs> yeah. the biggest game. Uh, biggest game. Biggest game. Freudian slip thing. I've been in a video game headspace the <laughs> last few weeks. It's already going to be the biggest movie of the year. They didn't need to do any of this. This doesn't need to happen. I don't know why they decided now that this is the movie that they need to crack down on. Why? Apparently. Why does this exist? I don't know, but I'm guessing due to leaks from either Rogue One or The Force Awakens, Maybe. that because it is buy, such the big property I don't buy for the them. leaks thing. All this sounds to me is that they're afraid of people not actually seeing this movie. Which people are going to see this movie. Which of course people are going to see this movie. So it's such a weird reaction. It is. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're going to make money on it. I don't... Are they are they concerned about Star Wars Land? Like, what's going on? I don't know. What what's going on with Bob Iger in Bob Iger's head right now? Because this sounds like a CEO level decision to me. Having been versed in the Disney CEO war, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that somebody who is slowly going crazy as a CEO would do. Makes uh, me wonder how Bob Iger's doing. Just just saying. Well, you know, they have been trying to fill his spot for some time now. Uh, I cannot believe... I mean, this happened with Eisner, too. It took Eisner forever to get somebody next in line. Mm-hmm. It's like he was so uh, apprehensive towards that. And I think Iger is probably thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, no. like, There's other things to focus on right now. There are bigger fish to fry than picking the successor. But they're going to have to pretty soon now. So we'll see. That's a weird, weird thing. No, it's just a guy. So, here. Also, this guy. Okay. All right. Who's this so guy? Moving on from Star Wars. Okay. All right. So that there is one of the Corys. Of the Cory and Cory. Oh, that's right. One. The one that's living. Yes. That is Cory Feldman. Yes. Uh, I saw this last week, but I didn't report on it because we already had too much downer news. Sure. So, because it's such a week, I'm going to report on it right now. Okay. Uh, Cory Feldman. Old news. Well, it it broke like last Wednesday sure. that he was doing this, but I just didn't want to report on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Corey Feldman will be launching a campaign to expose Hollywood's pedophile ring. Okay. Uh, the former child star intends to make a film about his experiences, you know, the ones that he already laid out in right. his 2013 memoir, Choreography. That's, that's a good name. Yes. Uh, although he has never uh, revealed the <laughs> names of men responsible for uh. sexually assaulting him, he is currently crowdfunding his project okay. for the price tag of $10 million over at Indiegogo. Okay. Uh, he will reportedly use that uh, for a legal team and security for him and his family. Uh, he has already been targeted by death threats after threatening to expose the link between pedophilia and one of the major studios. Sure. Uh, yeah, this is a, um, uh, kind of a combo story. This is actually a good segue story into something else I'm sure we're going to talk about on this podcast. That's in TV. Uh, but still. Yes. I don't know. Maybe Star TV. Uh, anyways. Right. 
Uh, yeah, this is kind of, yeah, your segue. It's like, I think this is important because this is continuing kind of the movement to out uh, sexual predators of all kinds. And I think that this is good. I'm glad he's doing this. So uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, stuff gets revealed, names get named, and we have some uh, shaken up in Hollywood because there's some messed up stuff as yeah. we've been seeing in the last, um, well, forever. <laughs> right, but mostly like in the last month. I mean, yes, it's I becoming... Mean, even now there's been more, 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 fear, but... more purging and cleansing, which I, I can't report on it every single week. No, we cannot keep up. No. Uh, we're going to, of course, uh, tap on the, the big stories. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll have one later about this. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, all power to Corey. Um, I mean, he's been through a lot, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, it, it, uh, I hope that uh, this brings people to light and gets people uh, in hot water because um, they deserve it. Yep. All right. Moving on. Okay. Moving on uh, to our last bit of movie news here okay. real quickly. The Bits. The Bits. All right, so first up in The Bits. Okay. Uh, Zachary Levi. Yeah. You know, uh, okay. from Chuck. Sure. He's going to play Shazam. Shazam. That upcoming Shazam movie. Okay. You know, he just kind of needs to bulk up first. Uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. He seems like a pretty decent looking dude. No, I don't know, but Shazam's pretty like Shazam's a like super buff. Okay. Yeah. He's always drawn with, like, rippling muscles. <laughs> well, yeah, every comic book superhero is drawn with rippling muscles. Let's be real. I know. Even freaking Spider-Man is, like, super lean. Right. He's never lean in the movies. Basically. Tommy McGuire was never going to be Super Muscle Man. Yeah, but you saw he... Yeah, but even when he did his transformation, he had, like, defined abs and muscles. Sort of. Not to the extent of the comics. Anymore. Right. But, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, he's going to have to look a little, a little bigger. Yes. Uh, also, Gary Oldman will receive the a Career Achievement Award cool. Good uh, at the Hollywood Film Awards. Great. Uh, Christoph, Walf, Christoph Waltz okay. has said that he will not re- be returning as Blowfill in Bond 25. Sure. Yeah, and, other things to do, I'm sure. Uh, also, <laughs> Creed 2 gets a November oh. 21st, 2018 release date. Cool. So, in about a year, we will get Creed 2. More Creed. Yep. And, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yep, Michael B. Jordan. Cool. And lastly, uh, the cast for the upcoming John Favreau's The Lion King yeah. has been finalized. And the big bomb was dropped because, uh, yeah, they ain't got none other than James Earl Jones to reprise his voice sure. as Mufasa. Yes, but more importantly, they got Don Glover as Simba. We already knew that one. Uh, no, Queen V, Beyonce herself, yes. is Nala. Yeah. So, Don Lover and Beyonce are going to get it on line style. Which is insane. Yes. It's such a weird pick, but cool? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it sticks with a theme, and she can sing. Yeah, turns out. Yeah. She, she's got a bit of a voice on her. <laughs> she, and she's kind of known for it. She also has a bit of an acting career. Yeah, just a bit. Just, just, just a small bit Dabble. here and there. So, yeah, yeah it's a, a pretty awesome cast. Yeah. We also have uh, Chichuel Ejiofor yeah. as Scar. Sure. Um, we also knew, we knew that uh, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner will right. be Pumbaa, or Pumbaa and Timon. Yeah. That is Billy Eichner as Timon and Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Uh, John Oliver as Zazu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the three uh, hyenas have been revealed as Florence Kasumba, Keegan-Michael Key, uh-huh. and Eric Andre. Those are such good picks. 
I cannot believe how perfect that is. Yeah, this cast rocks. Yeah. Um, it makes me now a little bit more excited for this movie. Uh, and they and they just say that it will come out summer yeah. 2019. So uh, yeah, don't get your uh, hopes up because you got a whole nother calendar year to get to right. through before this one. And who knows where we'll be in uh, Trump's 2019. So we'll see. Or if it will <laughs> even still be Trump's 2019. Who knows? Hey! Uh, so yeah, we'll see. But that sounds pretty solid to me. Moving on to television and our sports corner. Yep. Uh, like, what have we got in the sports corner? Briefly on sports, um, <laughs> it is currently Game 7 of the World Series. As we mentioned. As we mentioned. It's currently 5-1 Houston. Yes. Uh, so it is happening. It's bottom of the seventh right now. There's still some life in this game. But probably not for the Dodgers. So we right. will see as this. Uh, we will probably see the end of this game as we podcast. We will let you know who wins the World Series here, unless it goes. It'll probably crazy. be at the very end of the podcast. Yeah, so probably. if you saw us skip to the very end at some point, yeah, you'll find out who wins the World Series. Although, then again, if you're listening to this in the, in the future when this is ended, you probably already know. Yes. So <laughs> that's a dumb thing. <laughs> None of this makes sense. All right. None of this matters. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, the other thing I have here for sports. Yes. Uh, also related to the World Series, uh-huh. but it is a number. Okay, I like numbers. 117,358. Okay. That is the reported dollar amount from StubHub for Damn. someone who paid for two tickets behind home plate. Damn. Two rows up for Game 7. So that's what Larry King is packing. No, Larry King actually has season seats for that. Oh, okay, fair enough. But yeah... <laughs> Like he needs another hundred hundred grand on. I know, right? That's yeah. a lot of money. Yes, that's fifty five grand per seat. That is ridiculous. That's like two Mercedes Benzes. That's your that's two Benzes. That's right your there. down payment on a house. That's a, yeah. <laughs> For some people, that is a house. <laughs> well, somewhere in states, not in California. Yes, Houston. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money, so those people are insane, but hey, have a good uh, game tonight. Yep, and uh, yeah, uh, when it does end, we will keep you updated, yeah, we'll keep and we'll keep ourselves updated. If you ever see us, yeah, wave our fingers in the middle of the air. There's probably a home run going. Yep, or someone scored. Or something. Something happened. Okay, moving on, TV news. To the story you were alluding to, All right, yeah. like a quick hot second ago. Hot second, uh, but nothing hot about this story. This is kind of a twofer. Uh, this is both uh, directly related to a television show ending, um, and also uh, related to a career ending, <laughs> potentially. Well, Hopefully. we already knew that was happening with Nine Lives, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Of course, we're talking about Kevin Spacey. All right, so Kevin Spacey got in the news this week uh, for the worst possible thing. Uh, well, one of the worst possible things. Uh, he didn't kill a man, but it was pretty bad. Um, and then ended up trying to defend it by doing something even weirder. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that definitely was not a good look. Oh, yeah. So, uh, do you have the source of the allegations here? Uh, yes. I know the name by her. Okay. So, the name is actually somebody who currently is a semi-famous actor. Okay. I say that because he stars on Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Actor Anthony Rapp. Anthony Rapp. Yes, issued a statement uh, saying that Kevin Spacey had made a drunken sexual advance on him when he was 14. 14. At a party uh-huh. in 1986. Okay, keep in mind 14. Yes. So, Kevin Spacey is how old currently? 
Currently, I don't have the age for uh, him. But in 1986, let's just say he was not a teenager. Right. In fact, he was... He probably in his early 20s or something. probably... Mid-20s. years older than that. Yeah. So, this is clearly um, child predation. Let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, like is, he did. That is a minor. Yes. Um, and he definitely... Inappropriate advances to a minor, inappropriate conduct with a minor... That is some deep, deep, deep criminal behavior. So, yeah, not cool. Right. So, even though Kevin Spacey uh, says that he does not remember this ever happening sure. and uh, deeply apologizes. But then, how did he spend his apology? Well, that, that was this part of his apology. this story gets a little knotted. Right, because that was part of his apology, that he didn't, sure. underst- he didn't know that this happened, but right. he re- deeply regrets it, and what? he will try to make amends. Well, what was the other half? But then he went on to say yeah. that um, that in the wake of that this sexual uh, advances that he made, uh-huh. not only to him, but to other male staffers and other people he has been in contact yeah, with. Yeah, because... Uh, he has revealed that he chooses... Oof. Yes. Oof. He chooses yeah. to live as a gay Ugh. man. Ugh. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here, so let's take it step by step. Alright. First of all... This is Kevin Spacey we're talking about. This is Kevin Spacey. This is a weird, 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 weird time to come out. <laughs> right. First of all, obviously, all power to people who have the, 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 the ability to come out. A lot of people can't. A lot of people you know, are put in situations... Where they are pressured to the point where they cannot come out as their true selves. I get that. But now, right after, uh, like, child, yeah, child molestation allegations is when you choose to come out as gay. Weird timing, dude. Weird, weird timing. Because this kind of conflates to uh, a, a stere- unfortunate stereotype that's been around uh, the homosexual community of engaging in other kind of predatory behavior, which is not true. Generally speaking, that's not who you get caught in in child molestation uh, situations. It's usually straight men. It's uh, very rarely uh, gay men, and it does happen occasionally, but it's just a weird, weird thing to entangle. It basically says that these two things are correlated when they are not correlated at all. See Claus Brian Singer. Yeah, the Brian Singer stuff's yeah, also kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, this is just as weird. Uh but the other, the other part of this is the whole, I choose to be a gay man. Um, well, apparently what? he engaged in sexual relations over the course of years with both men and women. He feels he's open <laughs> to both, but that he shall now... Kevin. 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 There's a term for that, and it's called bisexuality. And if you wanted to say that, that's fine, too. You don't have to be weird and, like, go around weird corners to get to the, your point. It's like, we get it. You favor men. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're not bisexual. I don't know. It's just such a weird phrasing. Obviously, people who are gay do not choose to be gay. Let's put that out. It's not a choice. It is a... It, yeah. I don't, I don't need to explain it here. Um, this is dumb. Uh, this was a dumb thing. It was a dumb double down on on kind of a co- potentially career-ruining thing. And so, sure sh- enough, about a day after, we had the news from Netflix. Yes. 
Netflix ain't having any of this shit. No, God no. Who <laughs> should they? Yes, Netflix is uh, as they should be, and you know because they are in favored light of pretty much everyone. That when this news came out, everyone immediately went to Netflix saying, "What are you gonna do?" And Netflix literally the next day took action in canceling or at least halting production of season six of House of Cards. Yeah. Which they already said was going to be right. its final season. Yeah. So but this just guarantees this, it. Yeah. This basically all but guarantees it will give you the final season. Yeah. But now they may have to go back in and do some rewrites. Right. They're going to have to figure out how to end this quicker. Right. Which, here's how I see it, I think. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I didn't see the previous season, but I assume everyone is still alive. So the way I see it doing <laughs> is that you have Kevin Spacey, you know, something's already been filmed. So you have him in for the first two episodes. Have him leaving, like, leave, like, a party, like, kicking, like, the high note, like, the in-all, be-all scene, like, I've got you, like, right where I want you. And, like, he, like, like drives off, and then car crash. Life ends. Something like that. Something like yeah. that, where he is immediately written off. But then the rest of the season, like, the, re- the remaining six life. episodes, is about his wife. Yeah. And how she has to now battle with not only like her demons coming out, but Kevin Spacey's all his demons baggage coming out. Coming after all the his baggage dad. of the six seasons yeah. building up, mm-hmm. and then just like how everyone yeah. coming up, like like immediately like deaths being like, oh, he was such a great president, we all like admired him. <laughs> to it being like, oh wait, he really wasn't. He's was this corrupt politician. Yeah, and so it, it becomes out. this like. Uh, legend of Liberty Valance yeah. type thing where yeah. you print the truth or you print the legend. Yeah. I hope you're right because that seems like a fitting in for that show. Right. The show that's always been about the seedy underbelly of DC. And it's also like, been put it also out. Netflix's like cornerstone into right. TV. Yeah. So I don't want to see it spoiled. Yeah. But at the same time you need to get Kevin Spacey out. out. So and I think that's yeah. that's how you do it. Uh, yeah, so so basically, like, just, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope that that's the way they approach it, because the show has had its moments. It hasn't been good in a few seasons, but I think that mm-hmm. uh, that when it had its, had its time, it had its time. Oh, yeah, the first four seasons are top-notch. And it sucks, because Kevin Spacey was such a likable guy. I mean, his turn in Baby Driver this year was yes. one of my favorite, probably my favorite thing I saw in a movie this year. And now it's kind of coated with this weirdness, and I'm not going to be able to look at that performance in the same way, and it's almost going to tarnish that movie for me, which is going to suck. Are you going to look at it weirdly oh, now with him and the kid over in the elevator? Yeah, that's really <laughs> weird now. So yeah, it's it's just it super sucks, and it's bad, and yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, but it's just yeah to kind of go back to the, the the point of this story is man believe survivors believe victims because. People are creeps, and they're everywhere, and Hollywood's apparently crawling with them. So yes, um, if you are brave enough to talk about your experiences, please do help others who are not, though. Not everybody's going to be brave enough. Definitely believe people who say it, because it takes a lot to come out and say these things. Definitely work towards a better all of this, and hopefully Hollywood will learn from its mistakes. Let's move on. Yep, Cameron Kevin Spacey there. Dude. SNL. Yeah, so there's been some more uh, hosts and musical guests around. Yes. Uh, so, uh, upcoming uh, this weekend, uh-huh. we have Larry David and Miley Cyrus. That one we knew. Yes, we knew that. Now we have the next two weeks. Yeah. There will be Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Uh, uh, Who was in Girls, Girls Trip. Trip, apparently. Yes. And none other than T-Swift yes. herself. 
Because, oh wait, and then the following weekend, we have uh, not one, but two rappers. Yes. Uh, not doing double duty, apparently. No. Uh, we have Chance the Rapper doing the hosting duties, and Eminem doing the musical guest duties. So this will be an interesting few weeks here, because... So, one, uh, Miley's going to be super boring. Uh, Larry David's going to be Larry David. That's going to be a super middle-of-the-road show. I'm going to call this right now. The uh, Tiffany Eddish, I don't know her stuff, so she could be interesting as a host. Um, uh, Taylor Swift is probably going to do Look What You Made Me Do, and the new single, Gorgeous, Gorgeous. is my prediction. Yes. Those will be the two, because one's the single and one's the... The follow-up. The follow-up, potentially. I don't know. It, it seems like every follow-up is not hit. You're right. She's done like three singles off this off of uh, Reputation so far, and only one out of three is charted in the top ten. So, not great. Um, then uh, week three, I think, will be the most potentially interesting one. I can't stand Eminem, personally, but I'm super excited to see Chance host, because mm-hmm. getting him involved in sketches is going to be great. I'd like to see a sketch where they try and get him to take off his hat, and he just <laughs> won't. Or, no, they take out his hat and he has a smaller hat. Yes. That'd be great. Some sort of visual gag at the hats would be good. Yes. I, I'm really excited to see what he does. I think he's a genuinely funny dude. Um, he comes across in his music. Similar to kind of early Kanye, which right. it sounds like he gets it. And so... And he hasn't gone off the deep end yet. <laughs> we'll see. Um, no, no, Chance is real, uh, real nice guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that. But, man, I could not care less about him. Right. We'll see. Well, here's the thing. The reason why a Taylor Swift is going and then Eminem is going yeah. is because the day before, each of them are dropping an album. This is true. Uh, we are firmly in um, big album month yep. in the month of November. This is when, yeah, we have Taylor and Eminem's stuff coming out this month, mm. so get ready. I know. I want some Eminem. Not those single Eminem's, though. <laughs> single package just that we saw. That was dumb. That's such a dumb idea. Okay. Uh, what else we got in TV? All right. Uh, we're not done with SNL. We're not? No. Oh, no. Because if you happened to watch SNL this past weekend... Oh, Lord. Are we going to talk about this? We're going to talk about the animated special, <laughs> David S. Pumpkins. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they did a Halloween special uh, based on the... Sketch character David S. Pumpkins from the Tom Hanks episode last season. Yes. Uh, it was animated, yeah. too, uh, starring Tom Hanks, Bobby Moynihan, Mikey Day, and narrated by Peter Dinklage. And, wow, yeah. Um, Come on, Jacques. What did you think about this thing? Um, so, I was watching this with the girlfriend. Yeah. And it first came on, and she couldn't understand it. No. Uh, she understand why this was a thing, okay. why it was funny. To be fair... Half of the joke about David S. Pumpkins is that it doesn't make sense. Right. That's half of the entire bit the, is people questioning. That's, right. that's half of the humor of the David S. Pumpkins character. Of why is it, why, why is the hell thing? do you exist? Yes. Why are you, why are you everywhere? So first of all, I think personally, as somebody who likes to think uh, they know a thing or two about construction of comedy, having absorbed it all 27 years of my life. Mm. Uh, very, very closely, uh, very closely, and uh, I think that is a flimsy premise for an entire thirty-minute special. Oh, yeah. Real talk, a character who is substantial, substantially, his existence is a joke. It's like if half of your character is you're completely arbitrary, then I don't think that's a solid foundation for comedy. But that's just me. 
The one joke out of the whole special I did like was when he was going was the whole uh, singing aspect at the very end. Yeah. When it built yeah. up to him doing a, a song. That was a smart And idea. then didn't. Didn't sing. But then they ruined it by explaining the joke. And that's the thing, is that the, that was that special for me. Is that right. it seemed like there were there were nuggets of ideas throughout that whole thing that would have worked. But then they just completely whip them. Right. Which is like, I guess, also kind of metaphorical for a bad SNL sketch. Where it's just like, there's something that almost worked here. And it just, for one thing or another, like whether they explain it away, or whether the delivery wasn't there, or just something just didn't click. It just doesn't work. And it, the whole thing just felt like that. Uh, it was just such a weird thing. It didn't yeah. need to happen. So, uh, should this thing ever appear again for some reason? <laughs> yeah. Or I hope find... it doesn't. Yes, I hope it doesn't. I kind of hope that this is just something that in 20 years from now, we'll be like, remember when they did that? Yeah. Yeah. I hope that that happens. It's just a one-off. Yeah. Like, a, a severe, severe one-off. Remember that one time where people thought David S. Pumpkins was funny? Which I have to admit, I thought that original sketch was yeah. sometimes funny. But the second time I watched it most recently... They did also on uh, Saturday. They did like kind of a Halloween oh yeah, show, yes. and they had that sketch in there as well. Weird that they kept that thing for the last ten years. I was kind of upset that the oldest sketches they showed were from two thousand seven. Yeah, and I was like, "Come on, go show me stuff that I haven't seen a billion times." Because <laughs> you know, like I haven't seen as much as like the nineties and the eighties years, right? Where I feel like they've done two thousand seven to current day to death now on those clip shows, but I don't know. Uh, it was disappointing in that way, but yeah, watching that sketch again, it doesn't all hit. <laughs> yep. But yeah. All right, moving on real quick here. Okay. Uh, some Disney snippets. Disney snippets. Uh, well, first off, uh, for those of you who are interested, Attack on Titan season three now has a date. Uh, it will be January thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. Uh, the announcement came during a live event orchestra in Tokyo. Uh, January 13th will be a new compilation film subtitled The War of Awakening and will feature clips from the second season leading into a weekly show of season three. Sure. Now, to Disney. Okay. Uh, Disney XD. Yeah. Of all people. Of course. Will premiere Pokemon. people. Yes, of all channels. <laughs> will premiere Pokemon, the movie, colon, I Choose You. Oh. On November 25th. Okay. At 10 a.m. Oh, cool. This is post-Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is smart. Because they were doing a limited theatrical of this thing, too. Right. Is that still happening? I think so, yes. Um, but this is way better. Not having to leave the house and not having to spend money yeah. to see that thing. Uh, that'll be probably worth it, because I'm very curious about that thing. Yeah. Uh, they having, uh, did you see the uh, English language trailer that they put out for that thing? No. I watched that a few weeks ago. It seems alright. Okay. It seems like they're doing stuff with it that seems very... It's still very nostalgia-baiting, nostalgia where it's like, oh, look at all this, these redoing, like, remakes of the scenes from the first episode. Now, is it... Now, from what I understand, it's more than just the first episode. It's, it's the first yeah. season? So, from what I gathered from that uh, trailer is that it's a lot of events from the first episode. Like, yes. they, they showed... Of course, the bit with the hoo and they showed uh, uh -huh. the bit where he's uh, saving Pikachu from the Spearow. Stuff like that. Right. There's a lot of like visual cues that are directly from scenes from the first. But then, as the trailer goes on, it kind of expands to be like, 
oh, and there's this other plot about finding other legendary Pokemon or something going on. Right, here. I think that uh, shows yeah. some gym battles or something. It seems like there will be more, but I don't know necessarily if it's going to be as much, oh, we're going to recap the first season, as it is going to be, we're going to use events from early episodes of the original series to as a jump off to another, to a, mm -hmm. a, the actual plot. That's what it seems like it is. Right. It seems like it's going to be about something larger than the first season of Pokemon. Which is... Which is cool. Cool. Again, that's why I just don't get the internet hate for this thing. That's because they're retconning everything with the new it's lore that they built over. But it's not a retcon. The movies have always kind of been their own thing. Right. I don't think... It's just like, if you know that, it should be totally understandable why they do it this way. None of the movies ever have canonical... Like right. diff, like like effects on the television. Right. Ash never no. like like mentions like oh yeah they I saw that Latios. It's like there's a reason before. why in the English dub of the first movie they write in so Mewtwo says he erased their memories. Yes. It's not in the Japanese version. No. The Japanese version just assumes that the audience is smart enough to know that this is not going to affect the series. But because right. they thought English audiences, American audiences weren't going to get it, that they were going to be like, but wait. But Ash in the show says he's never seen one. It's like no, no. It's like right. Know. It doesn't need to be explained, guys. But apparently it does. Ash logs every Pokemon he sees, even if he's seen it plenty of times. He's he, yeah. In, in the new series, he's constantly acting like constantly asking the Pokedex for Pokemon he's definitely seen before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is especially hilarious in Sun and Moon. Because like if it's in a lowland version, yeah. he'll only like slightly admit that he's seen it before. Right. But like, well, yeah, that's not how it looks like in Kanto, I don't think. Like, dude, you should know. <laughs> anyway. Well, to be fair, it has been a while since he's been in Kanto. It's been like twenty years. Yeah. So <laughs> Yes, it's been twenty years for the ten year old. For the ten year old. It's been a while. Man. Which I know that math doesn't check out. No. But a Pokeverse it, it does. Never will. But yeah, I'm excited to see what that thing is. Um I, I, I think it could potentially be interesting. Uh, also with Disney, uh, the Marvel's New Warriors, New Warriors. Uh, won't, apparently will not air on Freeform. Okay. Instead, it will be shopped around elsewhere, sure. hopefully landing on maybe like Hulu or something. Yeah, I was going to say Hulu. Yeah. Something, something cheap. Yeah. Also, Disney will get a reimagining. Uh -huh. Or they have put in uh, for reimagining of Muppet Babies, a series oh, God. set for early 2018. Nope, 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 nope. No, thank you. I this don't want this any is not part. for you. I don't want any part of the Muppet Babies. This is not for you. <laughs> no, it's and not. speaking of not for you, yeah, we're gonna get into the not for us. Okay, so um, Stranger Things season two. Uh, went up and out uh, this past week um, on Netflix. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably already binged it. Everybody, apparently, with the television set has. Uh, because people love Stranger Things. Like, we saw this with the first season. People yes. fell in love with that thing immediately. Um, we bounced right off of it. We watched it, but we didn't get it. Uh, it wasn't for us. We kind of just didn't... We didn't understand what was there. Like, the substance was there beyond just the nostalgia... Just the the, uh, the 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 atmosphere of being something that seemed like it was from thirty years ago, right? And then this one, the lead up to this, of course, everyone was super jazzed again, and and yeah, nothing nothing but positive stuff everywhere about this thing. 
Well, except for here, except for a little bit of stuff that I'll uh, maybe get up depending on what you say. I'm able to get into uh, that I think is kind of what I actually was thinking of when I was watching some of it. While okay, you were uh, sleeping. Oh, um, no, I watched it. I watched it again. Yeah. <laughs> so technically, I've seen it twice. Technically, technically, consciously, technically, it has been blared in my face twice already. It's true, <laughs> it's been on the TV a lot. Okay, and so, it'll no longer be on the TV. So, what do you think about the season, second season of Stranger Things? I still didn't get it. Yeah. Um, everything that I understood from the first season of Stranger Things, you know, like where it came with like, oh, they're using toys. Oh, they're using um, oh, this shot's from this movie. Oh, this plot's from this movie. They're combining. <laughs> I get it all. I got none of that with season two. I understood that they were mainly taking from two movies, mainly from E.T. Yeah. And from uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Those were the two main ones that stood out for me. Everything else just washed away. Because it seemed like they were. it was less, and we talked about this a little bit off the pod, uh, but it's a little less just nostalgia bait this time. It's and more, more, we have set up these characters now. Let's actually go into like their lives. But here's the thing, though. It was more like nothing happens in their lives. But yeah, also there's that. Uh, not only does nothing happen in their lives, but the one of the main characters in Stranger Things, Eleven, yeah, isn't even a part no. of the group for most of this this thing. And and they even like pull the punch at the end where it's like, oh, she's gonna save us all, and she doesn't really like. She kind of well, does. She but does, sort of, only because like she has, she's forced to. Yeah, she doesn't do it voluntarily. Right. They basically tell her. You need to do this or else we all die. Yeah. And then there's the, they, they, they actually do the due diligence and introduce a new female character for the kids to hang out with. But, but she's also she, kind of squandered and wasted. Yeah, she doesn't really bring anything no. extra to the table except for a love triangle. Yep. Which, super predictable, by the way. Oh, yeah. If this wasn't... Okay. And this is kind of the, the tangent I was going to bring up because I read a couple of great articles um, this weekend about this exact subject. Because I, this was something I was thinking while I was watching the final episode, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was immediately vindicated when I saw articles go up about this. Right. I was like, this is such a waste of these female characters yes. in this show. It's like they don't, they might as well not even exist. For a show, season well, one was ostensibly about Eleven's character, mm-hmm. and they completely waste her. Well, I, I, I equate uh, season two to a band's second album. <laughs> Are you saying this is a sophomore slump? No, what I'm saying is that uh, I forget. I think it was uh, Paul McCartney who said this. I said this quote, but uh-huh. you have infinite amount of time to create your first album, but only a year yeah. and a half to create your second album. Yeah, and that's what I feel happened here, where they have, where they were shopping certain things around for a while. I think almost ten years uh-huh. before Netflix finally picked it up. So they had ten years to finalize this <laughs> script. Yeah. To get everything that they wanted to get said done. And like all the nostalgia stuff that they want. Yeah. Then they have to get season two out within a year's time. So yeah, it's the pressure. It's the fan expectations too. Now they right. have a fan base to cater to. Before, they were completely putting something out into the ether that they didn't know whether people were going to like or not. Right. Now, it's a proven thing that people love. Which is way harder if you're a content creator. Because then you have to be like... Not only do I have to make the story that I want to tell, but I also have to make this something that the fans want to hear. 
And that's very that's a very tight tight rope to walk. There's a uh, I there's also that's also the reason why uh, Rick and Morty season two took a year and a half yeah. to get to even get the TV. Not yeah. to get the animation, but because they didn't want to disappoint the fans. It's but Netflix has a strict deadline on these things, and had they gone this year without Stranger Things, they may have missed the boat on the entire thing. Which is why it feels like this thing was pumped out as more of a Netflix show yeah. than a Stranger Things sequel. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, it's disappointing that they didn't take advantage of uh, what they could have done here and kind of just did another one. Like, yeah, like you were saying, again, off the podcast, you you used the phrase, which is, it just felt like another Netflix show instead of a big event. Right. And I think that that was inevitable, in a way, because it was never going to be as big as, like, a big surprise as it was the first season. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to kind of go the Game of Thrones route, where it's just going to be something that people are going to talk about annually now for the next five years. Well, that's it. At least with Game of Thrones, they end on big sure. epic fights. Yeah. They have epic sequences. They have things to You talk can make about. an argument that there is something that you can talk about that this season ends on. There is a note of, okay, there's some setup for something else. Yes, but... But, not that but the thing is that in the trailer that they had for season two, that ending shot was in the trailer. Okay, so, so if you saw the promotional material. Yeah. Maybe not that exciting. No, if you saw the promotional material, you're waiting for that thing to happen. Yeah. And they're probably up for that thing to happen. Yeah, and yet, very, very end. didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. It just. For something that this obsessively exists to be a, st- like a reproduction of a style, of a very specific style of. Film and television from 30 years ago. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it, it doesn't do anything for us. And I guess that it may help if you have more nostalgia, perhaps. But also, it's like super popular with people who are younger than us, too. So I don't know. Uh, well, again, we're kind of just left where we were a year ago after the first season, where it's just like, I we don't get it. We're missing something, but we don't know what we're missing. <laughs> Well, here's the other thing about it, too, that they didn't even answer some of the questions that yeah. they set up that they were going to answer. Main one being, where's Barb? <laughs> dead? We assume she's dead. I guess. They also, like, during interviews, hinted that she could make a, an appearance, <laughs> yet we never see anything like that. Yeah, she didn't. I mean, oh, also, the the so Stranger Things opens with a sequence of another test subject. We're, we call her Eight. Sure. So we open with the first five minutes of eight. <laughs> it takes a literally eight episodes. <laughs> not joking. Eight episodes till we see that character again. <laughs> and by that time, I'm like, I don't care about this character anymore. <laughs> you set him up and then yeah, completely dropped him off the face of the earth. I don't care about him anymore by the time you bring him back. Yeah. And even then, they're only in it for the one episode. Do you think that maybe uh, writing it for a audience who's going to is guaranteed to binge it is maybe it's working in its detriment now? No. 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 Okay. I think that it is what I said. Season one is <laughs> in that it's not that good of a writing. Yeah. It doesn't hold your attention, and they rely on the camera work of nostalgia to keep you entertained. Yeah. And the like the dialogue of like, oh, we're referencing this eighties thing, we're referencing this eighties thing, we're referencing this thing you like to keep you interested. But if you see past that, like I do, 
It has nothing to bring to the table. Also, and that is the problem with Stranger Things. Also, I want to break, briefly bring up there in 1984. There were way better games to play than freaking Dig Dug. Oh yes, I'm just gonna lay that out there. That's a weird game for one of the characters to be fixated on. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not only that, but to like have the high score and then be obsessed with that high score. You know what's good? Galaga. Yeah. Like some Galaga. I like Centipede. I rock yeah, it's Centipede. Good centipede. I rule at Centipede. Yeah. Uh, like, no joke, I went to our barcade <laughs> like lot, like two months ago. Yeah. Just to play Centipede. Did you get the high score on the Centipede machine? No. Aww. I got the top three high scores top on Centipede three, machine. Uh, three, yeah. <laughs> and all named them, on all three were named Ass, Ass, Ass. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. All right. That's, oh, yeah, that's uh, a fitting way to end this. <laughs> ass, ass, ass. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, What's next? Uh, to the thing we do all along. All right. Um, Is it cancellation and renewal? Yes. And it's time to cancel the Dodgers' hopes and dreams. Yep. Because the Astros have just won the World Series. Uh, so, so, tier, tier, QQ, uh, Los Angeles, but you didn't quite make it this time. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, not talk about that. Let's talk about cancellations and renewals. Okay. Because this is over. Yep. The dream's so, over. Yep, Houston, congratulations, uh, to the city of Houston. You're the 2017 World Series TM champions. <laughs> no, it's probably World Series registered trademark. Let's be real. No, it is TM. What? Yeah. Oh, not registered. Uh, anyways. Okay. Cancellation and renewals, for reals. Yes. So, uh, first cancellation is Kershaw's career. Well, okay, for reals, though. Second cancellation is you Darvish's career. Come he on. got Because he got jacked around the first two innings. It's over. He gave up five runs in the first two innings. He gave, he gave them the game. I know. Yes. He gave them the game. If they had put Kershaw up at the beginning of this game, we wouldn't have be having this conversation. Yes. I like I said, put in Kershaw. Don't put in you, Darvish. He's not a set world. He's not a game a, seven. It was such a dumb idea. It lost into the World Series. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Let's talk about television. All right. Cancellation renewals. Yes. Uh, Baroness Von Sketch Show. Yeah. Gets a third season on IFC. Cool. American Vandal gets a second season on Netflix. How? What are they possibly going to do? I don't know. But we'll see. Boobs next. I don't know. Boobs. Yeah, they're gonna draw uh, boobs on the cars. Yep. Uh, we no, also vaginas. have draw vaginas. <laughs> uh, just mustaches on everyone. Mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> we wear phallic. Just, just buttholes. <laughs> yeah, just asses. Just asses. No, or just or the more word dicks. Ass, just the word or ass just more dicks fun. everywhere. I don't know. More dicks. Two dicks. Yes. Double dicks. Double dicks. Alright. Uh, also, we have ten days in the valley. You know, that thing that was on ABC? All right. Well, okay. it's still on ABC. Sure, sure. But it's getting moved to Saturday, a.k.a. Okay. Death Slot. Death Slot. And uh, where we'll be taking off the air December. Uh, it is currently off the air. We'll come back December 16th, which is a Saturday, to probably run out with whatever series it has left. And then it will be canceled. Okay. Good to know. Uh, Preacher gets a third season on AMC. Okay. The Stand-Ups gets a second season on Netflix. Playing House canceled at, after three seasons on USA. Uh, we talked about House of Cards already. Yeah. Uh, getting canceled at the end of season six yep. or right now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The middle of season six. Yes. And uh, ABC will extend the current runs 
the current seasons of Blackish, American Housewife, and Grey's Anatomy cool. from 22 episodes to 24 this episodes. This is notable because isn't this supposed to be the last season of Grey's Anatomy? Yeah. <laughs> so it just keeps going. It's always the last season of Grey's Anatomy. I know. It's what it feels like. I think that's for reals this time. <laughs> I think. That's yeah, always the last season. Yeah, I guess so. Alright. And then people who have left us. Okay. Uh, first is Peter McGregor Scott, age 69. Film producer okay. uh, for Batman Forever, The okay. Fugitive, and Still Smoking. Still Smoking. Uh, we also have Jack Bannon, age 77, actor sure. in Lou Grant, Petticoat Junction, and Little Big Man. Okay. We also have Keith Wilder, age 65, funk disco singer uh, for Heatwave. And lastly, uh, for those of you in the Microsoft gaming world, Steven Toulouse, yeah, age forty-five, director of Xbox Live and PR manager. Uh, yeah, that was what he's mostly known for. I think he ended up at HBO. I think that was his most uh, recent uh, employer. Okay, uh, but yeah, uh, lost way too young. Uh, very important in the uh, in a lot of the uh, Xbox. Um, yep. Uh, forty-five. So yeah, that's a, that's a that's a sad one. All right. Uh, let's roll into music. Okay. Why not? Let's right. just do that now. All right. Uh, uh, the billboards. Billboards. So I'm not going to talk about the top 100. It did not move at all from last week. So yes, Rockstar, uh, Post Malone. Savage, Post Malone, still your number one song. Your album chart did have some cho- uh, change-ups change this week. Debuting at number one, Neil Horan's uh, debut album, Flicker, uh, is your number one album in the country. Number two, Super Slimy. The um, collab album by Future and Young Thug um, moves up to number two. Uh, Beautiful Trauma by Pink drops down to number three. Stony by Post Malone is set at number four. And number five, Chris Young's Losing Sleep. Hey, Chris Young. Chris Young, breaking into the top five yep. this week. Uh, and he's still losing sleep over it. All right, that's your billboard. Uh, what are our new releases for this coming Friday? Okay. New releases, we have uh, Anti-Flag with American Fall, okay. Bibio with Phantom Brickworks, sure. Blake Shelton, okay. the new album, Texoma Shore, sure. we have Cannibal Corpse with Red Before Black, okay. Casper Skulls with Mercy Works, okay. Converge with The Dusk in Us, Okay. We have Grace Vanderwall. Oh, right. Uh, Miss... Uh, yeah, winner. America's Got Talent. Yeah, America's Got Talent. Season 11 winner. Right. With her album, Just the Beginning. Okay. Kind, of, kind of a fitting. That's, uh, <laughs> That's very obvious. Presumptuous, for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, also in country news, Kelsey Ballerini. Okay. Has a new album, Unapologetically. Uh, uh, former Senator candidate Kid Rock. <laughs> Has a new album, uh, Sweet Southern Sugar. Uh-huh. Maroon 5 has a new album with Red Pill Blues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rabbit has a new album with Les Fleurs du Mal. Okay. Uh, that Sam Smith album is finally out. The Thrill Lord. of It All. Sure. Uh, Shamir with Revelations. Okay. And lastly, Stereophonics with... Scream above the sound. Sure. 
So yeah, we haven't had the, the big players yet. They'll be later in November. But hey, there's something for yeah. a few people there. Uh, speaking of big players, all right. None other than the big player himself. <sighs> sure. We even know what I want to talk about. I do. His face is right there. Okay, so what, what about Eminem? Uh, I don't like him. We okay. went over this earlier in this podcast. Yes. What about him? Uh, what about Eminem? Uh, well, as we said, he will be hosting SNL, uh, or he will be musical guesting SNL. Yeah. Uh, with a new album, uh, because, yeah, new album's going to be dropped, and we have now know what that's going to be called. Okay. It'll, the new album will be called Revival. <laughs> Sorry. That is an Eminem-ass album name. This will be the first album since the 2013 The Marshall Mathers LP2 album, Ugh. and will actually be the final album in a trilogy that he has been working on Okay. Uh, since 2009-2010, with the Relapse and Recovery albums. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, so the way Eminem sees this is going Relapse, Recovery, Revival. Right. Uh, the announcement was made via a fake pharmaceutical advertisement. <laughs> uh, the ads for Revival tell for a fictional ailment called Atrox Rhythmus, which is uh, Latin for Savage Rhythm. God. Uh, it has been revealed that the ads were paid for by Eminem's label, Interscope. Makes sense. And there have been um, billboards and radio spots as well as TV ads for no. Revival. No, so be on the lookout for fake ads. Right. Literal which, fake news. Right, which um, <laughs> when Recovery came out, it was RX Recovery. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> Is he actually gonna have something to say? I don't know. Recovery was the last good al- was the last album that I liked from Eminem. Yeah, I made the mistake of listening to uh, Marshall Mathers LP two. Yeah, I skipped. Holy that. crap, that sucked! I, I figured it would because it's a sequel it's so from bad. a ten year old album. Ugh. Oh, look at everyone sticking around. <laughs> oh, look at that. But yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this at all. No, no, nope. Uh, oh, well, no, I I am, but. Ugh. Well, we'll see what comes out. Like, like that M- that uh, SNL uh, debut will determine if I'm going to listen, listen to this thing. Yeah, or not. that'll be good. Yeah, temperature to gauge on whether it'll be worth it or not to even pay attention to this. Right, because we did like completely not cover him dissing Trump for good reason. Well, no, because people on certain uh, of certain persuasions on the internet. Uh, thought that was the best thing ever and we're like praising him and right. and all this stuff and like oh Eminem's back and all this stuff it's like yeah did you guys forget like LP who happened? this man is and like what he has built his career on doing mm-hmm. and the things that I don't know it just seems this is, it was a weird disconnect for me when that happened it's like wait a minute well, we're just rewriting Eminem as now this like super progressive like force for good just because he said Trump was bad like well you know like the 15 year olds who are now listening to this <laughs> song to this album literally were not alive when his first album came out oh god that's true that's so sorry gross. to burst your bubble there no, but I mean, no it's just so 15 gross. year olds were born uh, in 2002 but yeah anyway Anyways, so yeah, that's happening. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more news about Eminem as the release gets closer. Eminem. 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 Marshall Mathers himself. Okay, moving on. Yes. Uh, Moving on. 
to one Marilyn Manson. Sure. First off, he's okay. Good. Uh, yeah. We reported two weeks ago yeah. that that scaffolding or the yeah. guns, uh, yeah, fell on him. Uh, he's going to be okay. He's still recovering, but he's going to be yeah. okay. That's not what I'm going to report on, though. Okay. Uh, Marilyn Manson has decided to let go longtime bassist Twiggy Ramirez. Yeah. A.K.A. Jordy White, uh, who was accused of rape. Yeah. He will be replaced for the upcoming tour following allegations from over 20 years ago. Uh, in a statement from White, he said, quote, I do not condone non-sexual consent of any kind. Uh, these allegations stem from his relationship with Jessica Adams of Jack Off Jill. What? Uh, that's the name of the band. She was okay. a part of Jack Off Jill. Sure. Uh, who has accused White of a violent rape uh, during their romantic relationship uh, in the 90s. Jesus, okay. Uh, so Marilyn Manson ain't having none of this. So he yeah. basically said we're going to part ways yeah. until you get this thing settled out. He didn't say necessarily that last part, but... But, yeah, it's insinuated by letting him go. Right. Yeah, uh, good call. They don't want to be a part of it. Good call, let him go. That's awful. Uh, And, yeah. uh, That's, yeah, good good on Marilyn Manson getting ahead of that. Yep. Okay. Moving on to someone you may or may not be familiar with. I may or may not. I don't know. I can't really tell from that picture. Uh, That is the guitarist... Balsack the Jaws of Death. Wait, okay. Where in that was a name? Because I did not hear it. <laughs> that was the name. Balsack, Balsack the Jaws of Death. The Jaws of Death. Yes. W- what the hell is a Balsack the Jaws of Death? That, uh, that is the stage name for guitarist Mike Dirks of the band Guar. Oh, I am familiar with Guar. Yes. Okay, I did not know that was the man's name. Sure. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he goes by a ball sack. Yes. The jaws of death. Okay. So what's up? Uh, so he's been diagnosed with uh, myelofibrosis, oh. a serious bone marrow disorder that disrupts the body's normal production of blood cells. Thanks. But there's good news, as there is a, there's treatment, but it comes at the cost of chemotherapy, and then replacing it with a healthy bone marrow from a donor. Uh, so he will be. Off tour and uh, basically out of the public eye until he does get this treatment. Uh, he is taking some time off, uh, but the procedure has a mortality rate of thirty percent normally. But he's currently seeking treatment at the Massey Cancer Center, where treatment there has been brought down to fifteen percent okay. mortality rate. So until he finds a donor, he's basically going to go through chemotherapy right. and try and uh, fight this battle. Which is a treatable battle so long as he finds a proper bone marrow donor. So, I would. Guar has a tremendous fan base, so I'm sure people will be. Um, they already have a flag. They literally already have a flag. Yeah. Yeah, so people uh, will be lining up to help him, and we wish him the uh, speedy recovery. For sure. Yep. Uh, is that it for music? Do you have one more story? One last story. Okay, because I have some. Brief, very brief thoughts. All right. That's stuff I listen to. Real briefly here, then real quick. Now. Uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, her latest song, Gorgeous, yeah. is the third song released it's from her Reputation so album. It's so boring. Uh, <laughs> it's so boring that comes in at number one of Billboard's digital song sales charts. Yeah. 
68,000 downloads. The song uh, is actually number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100, but because it's number one on the digital song sales, uh, Taylor Swift now ties Rihanna for the most number ones in the list's history with 14 songs. I mean, sure. That list probably, history doesn't go back too far. No. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, Rihanna had, I could see that both of those, both of them are very single-oriented. So. Right. And, exactly. Uh, uh, well, the fact that both of them have 14 songs, yeah. like individual songs, oh, yeah. is quite an accomplishment. I believe it. So, congratulations to Taylor Swift on still making that money. Oh, yeah. That's not something she's bad at. No. <laughs> it's like she prints it or something. Yeah, something. All right. So, what were you going to say? Uh, let's do a couple albums this week. Uh, okay. So a couple of the new releases. Um, now, let's do Weezer's Pacific J Dream, and I listened to uh, half of the new Kelly Clarkson album. I also listened to, I, I think this was actually a couple weeks ago, I listened to that Margot Price album, and I also, uh, there was something else. But yeah, the, 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 the Weezer thing is probably the most um, relevant this week. Uh, right. It's um, disappointing. So, as we had kind of discussed, they were a little bit up on an upswing after the last uh, couple, a couple of records. Um, Although we had noted that we didn't really care for the singles off of the last record. Right. Uh, so kind of picks up where it left off. There are some singles on here that are fine, but there's a little too, they lean a little too much into kind of the more we're making pop songs thing than I wish they would. Um, I think they're a better band when they really lean into their guitars. And this is a little poppier um, than I wanted out of it uh it's there there i mean rivers can still write a hook there's still some pretty catchy material on this thing but just the production is just done with such a gleam and just like it's overproduced in a lot of cases and it just kind of makes for a bleh listen i don't know i didn't care for it uh the kelly carson album is interesting it kind of goes in places <laughs> okay. um, it seems like she's actually doing some, the kind of music she wants to it's not like super Ballady, it's kind of like Adele's more, um, you know, like the, the stuff on an Adele album that's not Hello, it's kind of more like that. She's definitely going for an Adele kind of fit here. Okay. And so, yeah, uh, good. it's good for her. It's a good sound for her. I think it's a good fit for a modern Kelly Clarkson album. So she's still doing mom pop then? Uh, yeah, but it's a different kind of mom pop. She's getting kind of... Instead of being um, kind of on the side, uh, like on, on the Adele side, she's kind of more moving out of Adele and more into Sia territory. Okay. Kind of, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, weird line there. All right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she has a good job. She sounds really good on it. Uh, she can still sing. Very bad. Um, yeah, so that's probably the, the big two this week. Um, so yeah. Okay. And that brings us to our final uh, segment here. Video game. A video game. And we're going to start off with uh, the Paris Game Show. So, yeah, Sony um, had a big PlayStation um, st- uh, exposition Stage. show off of all sorts of trailers um, in Paris as part of their, um, I guess, uh, from what I understand, I actually did some reading about this. It seems like that there was a plan to kind of spread out their release or their announcement slash trailers over the course of the year instead of just all loading them on E3. Right. And this is part of that. Right. So the question now is is whether the, all the stuff that they showed here 
whether that means that PlayStation experience is going to be a complete dead zone for announcements. Which is uh, like, that's in like two weeks. That's in a month. Yeah, that's in exactly. A month now. The theory is that this cannibalized that. So. Well, the, also the theory is that yeah. uh, the PlayStation experience is where they announce the new console or yeah. the upgraded console or whatever. At this point, I'm going to say solid month. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think that's happening this year. That will be a 2018 calendar announcement if they do any announcement even then. Right. I don't think that now, I think that they just have to rely on the strength of their games to get them through the holidays. Also, I'm still of the opinion that the X is not going to be the success Microsoft thinks it's going to be. So I don't think that they're a threat. I don't think they need to be threatened. Well, because there's one thing that the Xbox One X is missing. Yeah. That's content. That's content, but hey, That's single player Sony content. Had I mean, single player content I've seen, yeah, because I've seen all the Xbox One X ads, and three out of the four games they show are multi platforms. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, Sony, even with the stuff we're going to talk about in a second here, does not, even though in comparison to Microsoft, has, it seems like it has a pretty strong lineup. It really, in comparison to some of the lineups we've seen in the past with Sony, yeah. it's not great either. But the fact that they have anything is already better than Microsoft. Right. So, yeah, let's go into the stuff they showed off. Scale bam. announced here. All right, so, yeah, Sony, well, look, of the, everything that they showed, I'm really going to be focusing the story on two. Uh, yeah. Two trailers that they showed. Sure. One yeah. being Detroit Become Human. Oof, yeah. The other one being The Last of Us Part Two. Oh yeah, okay. And they both. Those had are the only two I'm going to focus on. Yeah, because they both had super glaring issues. Well, yes. So, president of Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe, Jim Ryan, hosted the PlayStation Media Showcase uh, at the Paris Games Week. Uh, it, uh, the they even showed, like I said, the game trailers for Last of Us Part Two and Detroit Become Human, which both of them showed. Scenes of graphic violence against women and children. Yeah. So, he actually defends these things by saying, quote, It's a game made by adults to be played by adults. Uh-huh. And there's a market for those people who like that sort of game. Oof. Ryan supports Naughty Dog's <laughs> intentions okay. to show the clip right. and thinks that it was the right thing to do. Okay. I uh, want to get something clear here. We do not condone violence against women. No, that's not where I'm going. We do not condone violence against androids. No. There is a time and place for violence. You're getting there. The thing to be said here is that in no way is criticizing these trailers saying that video games should not contain content such as violence against women or, or, or children if the context of the game supports it right just like movies just like books just like television shows just like music if there is a purpose in the context for this thing to be portrayed then sure and i think that it is important for video games to have the same ability to portray these very real things and make statements about them however what we're talking about here are video game trailers okay this is where you go and this is where it falls apart because there is no context. Trailers are presented without context. Exactly. Right. We've been given trailers for Last of Us, both the first game and the second game, that have involved violence. But they've also been supported with, here's other th- like brief explanations for what's going on in this world. Right. This didn't really have that. This was completely like taken what 
appears to be out of a flashback. Even though we don't know a whole lot about Last of Us 2, mm -hmm. we do know enough about the world of Last of Us that a character whose baby is presumably infected is probably Ellie's mom. It's not that far of a grasp to guess that mm -hmm. that is Ellie's mother in a flashback. That would make sense chronologically. It would right. make sense with the context of the scene. And whatever's going on with the other character seems to be set up for some, maybe maybe set up for the Fireflies or something. I don't know. There's, there's context you could grab. Right. But that's the thing, though, is that we're not 100% sure that any of that's true. And it just seems like such arbitrary, like, grabbing. It doesn't show anything about the game itself. It doesn't tell us anything about the characters that we actually care about in The Last of Us. It's a bad trailer, not necessarily just because it portrays gratuitous violence out of context, but it's also a bad trailer because it doesn't tell us jack shit. It doesn't tell us what that game's going to be. It doesn't tell us what we want to care about. But it does it look sets good. a tone. It looks, it looks beautiful. Yeah. But, but tone... But in terms of like showing that trailer and telling you what that game is going to yeah. be about, nope. Good tell you. And then the the, the the step for Detroit Come Become Human is also slightly even different from that. Yes, also, it has the same context problem. But it also kind of shows, man, David Cage is again biting off way more than he can chew. But I love that tree, though, at uh, the end. Oh, the tree, sure. But <laughs> the tree at the end is so great that literally is there's a, man, a lot of choices you can make. But this is a man who clumsily told a story about a freaking oh my god we have a proposal going yes. on in the he's world literally giving her the world series right oh my god no i'm just kidding uh but yeah um <laughs> wow uh but yeah there's like the the, the this is a man who yeah gets some story. wow no. gets some couldn't tell a story about uh about like a murder history without like being slightly off kilter and so the fact that he's trying to now tell a story about that is a huge that rock is a huge rock uh, but, yeah, the fact that he's trying to tell a story that's not only about like essentially slavery as if it's like to what's robots, but also about domestic abuse. Oh yeah, what is this man doing? So yeah, well, it's showing that robots can have a choice and make a choice, and whether and your choices will affect the game. So yeah, it's just like Dave which Cage. means that there will be a lot of probably playthroughs during this game, so you have to relive these. <laughs> Probably harrowing, uh, terrifying yeah. scenes over and over and over again there's a until way, you get it right. I feel or like there's right. yeah. I feel like there's ways to do this. There's ways that games can tell these stories, and that's why I, I opened with that. It's because there are things there are things that you can do as a developer to make these stories good in context in your video game. I am not saying do not tell this kind of story in a video game. Mister Sony is is right to a certain extent. That yes, there is. That he that he he is behind the developers for telling these stories in video games. That's correct. That's a correct position. But maybe phrasing it, there's an audience of people who like this kind of yeah. thing is kind of a weird thing to say. Well, um, I would say well, I think saying like it is yeah. a probably a bad term for it. But yeah, in terms of would understand. Yeah, it, there's an would audience be a, that will understand the context for it in the yeah. game. Yes, there's points for that. But then the last part about this and the thing that makes it incredibly is the phrase tone deaf comes to mind yeah. because you also have to consider that this is in the wake of not only as we've been talking about on this podcast a lot of discussion about sexual assault and violence against women specifically uh and children um 
the fact that they, these trailers are completely tone-deaf towards that. And more specifically, Naughty Dog, who the studio itself has been targeted for this kind of thing. So it's just, it seemed weird, and it seemed like the lack of context did not do it any favors. Uh, but yeah, there were other things that happened at the show. Yep. Do you have anything else for this thing? Yes. Uh, my next story, actually. For the show, I mean. For the Sony stuff. Yeah. My next uh, thing uh-huh. is specifically uh, Horizon Zero Dawn of the Frozen Wildlands. Yeah. Frozen Wilds. Frozen Wilds. Yes. So, uh, during because the thing is coming out literally like next week, Yeah. Uh, this was the last chance that the news media outlet had to um, yeah. basically showcase it and get people to buy it. And I kind of want it now. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, so the upcoming DLC expansion uh, will be released on November 7th, the yeah. same day as the Xbox One X. Yeah. And they did it on purpose. Uh, and we have more details on what to expect. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. There's a company called Chubb. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they were advertising, but their name was Chubb. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so with only eight months <laughs> since the game came out, uh, Guerrilla Games has put together quite a substantial DLC offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this will be a 15-hour gameplay. Yeah. Uh, there will be more side quests and a brand new photo mode, as well as a new skill tree with plenty of abilities that, that allows you to scavenge, strike, and deal uh, mounted blows to different machines. The story is designed as a mid-to-end-game level, although it can be accessed early on in the campaign. So, if you bought the DLC and you still haven't played it yet, what are you waiting for? But, mm-hmm. Sony has also said that they will, uh, for the holiday season, package the DLC with uh, with the original game and, and part yeah. of a, c- a complete... Like a Game of the Year edition. Yeah, Game well. of the Year, yeah. They're, they're calling it a, a complete edition. Yeah. Or a complete story. So that so look out for that because that will also include a lot of the pre-order bonuses that you can only get if you pre-order the game. Right. So yeah. So yeah, if you uh, haven't uh, caught up with uh, Horizon, it's a very very good game. Um, so yeah, check that out if you haven't played it. Yep. We we uh, reviewed it uh, earlier on this very podcast. So uh, look at our archives for that. Right. Yeah, uh, that'll be back in March, roughly. Cool. Anything else about this show because uh, that you no. have written down? No, I have all, a couple more right, things I missed that are actually pretty important. Go ahead. Fans of the uh, indie game Spelunky are, oh, yes. will be happy to know Spelunky 2 has been announced. Yeah, that's a sequel. Uh, the other uh, big announcement, Sucker Punch's new game. I do not remember the name of this thing, but it is an open-world samurai game that they are working on now. Okay. Their new project takes place in the, uh, the, the 1200, 1000, I don't know. All right. Super long ago in uh, Fuel Japan. Uh, you are a uh, samurai, and it involves being uh, s- s- some sort of sneaky elements. He's like a samurai ninja, I guess. And yeah, open world Sucker Punch okay. gameplay, as we know and love. So hey. I'm excited for that, because I'm, I'm glad I like Sucker Punch. Yeah, We like their games. Yeah, Sucker Punch is a good company. They make really good games. I'm glad to see that they found something outside of Infamous yeah. and a new property. So yeah, look for that probably sometime late next year, yes. I guess. All right. Uh, then that, I'm sure there's probably a couple of the other things that we're missing, but uh, we'll move on for now. Okay. Uh, moving on yeah. to Visceral Games. Uh, real briefly. Yeah. <laughs> real briefly. So, as we mentioned last week, uh, Visceral, or two weeks ago, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Visceral Games has been disbanded by EA. Yeah. Uh, we now know exactly what it is that they were working on. Okay. And that's uh, what I'm going to report on right yeah, now. Yeah, we did. And it sounds pretty cool. A lot of dirt got digged up. 
dug up about this stuff. Yes. So uh, we so we now have story elements of what would have been Star of what was Star Wars Project Ragtag. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, which was the code name. Uh, it would have been set between episodes four and five, so between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, uh-huh. uh, and used the events from Rogue One uh, as well as A New Hope to set the stage. Uh, your crew would consist of eight characters uh, that your ragtag group of orphans would face off against the galaxy's underworld, featuring Jabba the Hutt and the Rang Clan. Uh, the development of another super weapon is in progress, which you would have to stop by flying around the galaxy to different planets to secure the intel and stop the creation of the super weapon before it's too late. Mm, okay. So you basically would have been a Han Solo type character yeah. with a group of Rogue One-esque ragtag group of people yeah. to stop a the building of a super weapon. Sounds like that could potentially have been cool. Yeah. As we said, I know that this was going to be a crossover between Star Wars and Uncharted with Tomb yeah. Raider elements. Yeah. That would have been real cool. Right. Yeah. So that's what we missed out on. Oh, well. Um, you know what? Like, whatever they end up doing, hopefully saving those assets and saving the work that they did, hopefully that ends up being cool. Right. Or, or maybe we just lose all of this to time. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, ultimately, it's still sad to see it go, because that sounds like a really solid concept. But here's the kicker. Uh, Visceral knew that they were going to get shut down. Yeah. Because uh, over the past three months, they had actually been starting to lose not only funding, but people as well, as EA started cutting people. Yeah. And so, while people were working on the project, they were also working on side projects and trying to find other jobs, which is never yeah. a good sign. No, never a good sign. Yeah, it seemed like the, the, the writing was on the wall over there. They were just trying to make whatever they could work. Right. But they still had time to. Right, and apparently they didn't Until make a the good enough demo. the plug. Right, apparently they didn't yeah. make a good enough demo, to which when they showed it to EA execs, they yeah. said, where's the force? Where's the lightsabers? Yeah. Where's the stuff that makes the like, Star Wars? How is this marketable, essentially? Yes. yes. Have we marketed this to 10 Basically, boys? they're like, how's this Star Wars Yeah. if you don't have Jedi? And they're like, well, Rogue One didn't have Jedi, but that was Star Wars. Yeah. It's tough. I was like, oh, yeah, but that had the Empire in it, and that's iconic, and you guys don't have that. <laughs> well, that's because we're dealing with the Underbelly, but we can't sell this if you don't have iconic Star... You're like, we gave you the Star Wars brand, and you're not even yeah. using it. Um, I want to uh, give credit where credit is due, by the way, real briefly here. Uh, uh, this reporting was done by Jason Schreier over Kotaku. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I want to credit him. Uh, he did, the, did dug the big dirt on this. So, yeah, we found out a lot. Yep. Yeah, seems interesting. Sad to see it go. Uh, but ultimately, uh, there'll be other Star Wars things, um, hopefully. But, yeah, that'll be definitely a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. And that brings us to our final story of the night. All right, what do we got? Let's end it. We're going to end it with, uh, we're going to stop it. With GameStop. With GameStop. Stop. What's yep. up with GameStop? So, GameStop. GameStop. You know. The brick and mortar yeah. game store that Where no longer needs to be. Games for $1.99. Uh, you know, games that you should probably be playing for $1.99. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, what if I told you they're taking the Gamefly model and applying it to them? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I would be like, what took them so long? Well. So explain what you mean. Okay, so this deal starts on November 19th. Okay. 
you could sign up for Power Pass. Okay. Is it new? <laughs> It's a small chub. <laughs> so, Power Pass is a new in-store game rental service that will allow people to take home pre-owned games uh-huh. as rentals. Okay. So, here's what you do. Okay. You pay $60 up front. Yeah. This will get you unlimited rentals for six months. Damn. You have to be a Power Up Rewards member. But even at the free account for that, we'll grant you access to the rental service. Sweet. So, once you pay your $60, members can take home any pre-owned game from a brick-and-mortar GameStop uh-huh. and swap it out with any other game whenever they want a new title. It's like a freaking library card yeah. for GameStop. Yep. Huh. At the end of the six-month period, yeah. they, you, get, you get to keep the last game that you checked out. Okay. Swap as often as you want and keep the last one forever. Huh. So you're putting in money not only for access to the rentals, but also to eventually keep something. Yes. Now, can you keep, can you choose not to keep something at the end of the six months? Well, I'm sure there's probably a game out there that you'd want to keep and keep but playing. But what if there's not, is what I'm saying. It's like, what if you just want to keep renting? What if you're, you never planned on buying anything? Would they care? I don't think, I don't they, think care. they would. Maybe it's just an option to do it. Because otherwise, I'd be, I'd say that paying $60 is, in a lot of cases, of course, there is kind of the caveats, unlike, uh, unlike uh, Gamefly. It'll probably be harder to get new stuff. Well, it has to be pre-owned. You never get to play something the first week. Most likely, no. No, Probably not. Second thing is you are completely uh, beholden to the stock of your local GameStop. Or GameStops, (laughs) if you have to be around several. Sure, but yeah, you basically are limited to whatever they have on hand. Right. Right. So those are kind of the negatives. That being said... Potential. It's potential. Yeah. It's just, for me, half the reason why I'm now a re-upped Gamefly person is because of new stuff. Because I don't want to play old games. I want to play new games. Right, but... Yeah, this does not solve like, like, like with Wolfenstein, yeah. you're better off trying to go to a red box and <laughs> renting it for two, a day and a half. Yeah, I mean, in theory, but I'm also already paying for this, so right. I might as well use it. That's kind of my logic. Also, if they really don't have any, I'll get the next game that comes out, you know? So. Right. Well, that being said, this also allows you to play other games that you may have missed out on that you wanted to try, and maybe they think it was for you. So yeah, I don't know if if GameFly doesn't quite fit your uh, fit your uh, your model, uh, this is a lucrative option, and uh, right. yeah, I could see a lot of people getting some stuff out of this. I mean, for sixty dollars, I think I might do this. I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean it. It means a new game whenever I feel like it. Yeah. Like like if I bought like Destiny One. Beat it in a weekend, go and replace it with the new game. Yeah. That is possible. I mean, because there's some games that I've missed that I've wanted to check out, like The Need for Speed, uh, Everybody's Golf, Wolfenstein when it becomes available. Uh, finally, I get my hands on GTA Five. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to. Um, yeah, it's, it's, know, it's tough. But it opens the door it for it a lot options. of games that I, I look at and say, well, I really don't want to spend $60 for it. Or forty dollars, whatever the price tag is, because I may not enjoy it. But at least this gives me a, an excuse to 
to not only forward money or upfront yeah. money for a game that I will eventually get. And it gets people coming in to GameStops, right. which is what they need. They need people buying retail games again, and that's a, not a bad idea. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's smart. I think it's a good uh, solution for a lot of people out there. Uh, it's not necessarily for me, but hey. Right. Now, I don't know if this will happen, like, every six months, or, like, if you, like, have, like, three, like, subscriptions out at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you, have to, you would have to re-up, probably, so I don't know whether it just starts when, like, this starts six months from the day that you... I think it's six months from the day for the first yeah. one. So you would just have to keep coming in and doing it right. manually. It wouldn't automatically re-up for you. Well, right, because you, because as it says, yeah. you keep the last game you... You have to go. Right. And also, unlike Gamefly, you have to get out of your, your house and actually go outside. Right, but this also gives me <laughs> this also gives me an excuse to pick up Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, yeah. Games that... Uh, yeah. And... Um, uh, FIFA 17 and NHL. You know, games that I know I would wouldn't play. You get cop- a copy of Battlefield, of Star Wars Battlefield 2 this way. That's what I said. No, no, I mean Star Wars Battlefield 2. Not Star Wars Battlefield 2. Star Wars Battlefield 2 from uh, 2005. Oh. Uh, yeah. That was a good game. I played a lot of that. If it's still there. I think that was the first time I've ever played an online game on the console. I mean, I can also <laughs> pick up games for the Xbox. I normally wouldn't either. Yeah. Like Cuphead, if there's a physical um, copy of it. Yeah. I don't or or Forza is. or something, but Forza, yes, there is. Yeah, but yeah, there's well, that's a but there's, idea. there's a lot of options here. There are options because it's not limited to one console. It's just a used game. That is true. So yeah, check that out if that's something that's interesting to you. Right, we'll check it out and, right. uh, and yeah, that give you some feedback. Yeah, that won't be available until the nineteenth. Okay. Uh, this month. Yes. Okay. Yeah, November nineteenth. November Which is in three weeks. Alright, cool. Well, uh, yeah. Yep. Cool, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, we will wrap it up here on the Media Boat Podcast. If you like what you hear. Yeah, it's and three weeks Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Uh, so yeah, if you like what you hear, and of course you do. Uh, we're the Media Boat Podcast, and we are everywhere on the internet. First of all, we do our weekly podcast, just like now, every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific. If you want to see us live, tune into our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com and search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find it. Uh, check there uh, for our live streams every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific. If you want to see archives, they're on the channel as well. Leave comments, like, and subscribe. If you want to hear the audio version of our podcast, we're also on Apple Podcasts and all the major podcast distributors. Check out Media Boat Podcasts on there. If you want to read text written by yours truly and sometimes him about mm-hmm. our thoughts about things, news about things, features about things, check out MediaBoatPodcast.com. There's a, a, a collection of everything that we do here in the Media Boat Empire, so check that out. If you want to help us out with donations, we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash mediaboat, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month to the cause. Every dollar will be used to create even more great content for you, and you'll get special stuff as a result. We have no patrons still, so please, become our first. Yes, but we do have a Twitch subscriber. We do have a Twitch subscriber, which brings up, we play video games every week on Tuesday nights. So check out Tuesdays for a new stream of something. 
this Tuesday will hopefully, fingers crossed, be playing some Wolfenstein New Colossus. So check that yeah, out. I will be back for yes, Tuesday. You will be back I'll on be Tuesday, back Tuesday in time after your brief sojourn to Texas this weekend. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, we will. Uh, we are uh, live every Tuesday on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. So you can catch us there. There will also be a stream of that running on mediaboatpodcast.com concurrently. Yep. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at mediaboatcast. It's the handle. And on Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast. You'll find our Facebook page. And uh, I think that's all the plugs. All right. You're done plugging us I'm now? all plugged. All right. I'm all plugged all right. We're all charged up, ready to go. Thank you guys for tuning in. You've been such a wonderful audience. You have. Uh, yeah. Like I said, be sure to tune in next week for our new episode of Media Boat Podcast every Wednesdays. Um, yeah. So I, I, there's no. Oh, I'll have Thor. Yeah, you'll talk about I'm going to see week. Thor next week. You're going uh, to be Thor next week. Yeah, I'm going to be so Thor next week. So Thor. I'm going to go to, go to Australia and get that Crim Sevens workout. Yeah, be so Thor. Yep, be so Thor. All right, good, cool. So we'll talk about it next week. See yep, you guys. Yep. We'll definitely have Thor for you next week. Uh, should be good. Uh, yep. My thoughts for Thor will go up on the website on Monday. Yep, check that out. So be sure to check that out. Other than that, we'll yeah, see you guys see next you. week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.